As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It is the Week 6 Breakdown. I'm your host, Chris Welsh, joined as always by Jake Seeley, Brandon Funston in the house, where we are going to talk about all the things you expected in the preseason we talk about in Week 6. You know, like Deion Jackson and Eno Benjamin and how good Mike Kosicki was. All of the, how, how the Jets would beat the Packers at home. All the things you expected in the preseason. Week 6 was something else. I don't think I want to bet the entire weekend as well. Vegas made their money back was a big, important thing that happened as well. How are you um, reeling off of the third of the season being done, Jake? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even want to talk about it. Some of my, <laughs> my teams are pretty rough right now. Like, they're just perfect examples. I keep trading away guys just as they decide to go bananas. Like, in my home keeper league, I traded away Trevor Lawrence and got the flyer on Wondell Robinson and thought I was, you know, cashing in on that. Let me get Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott back for like when Dak's back next week. And yeah, I lost this week because of that. So that, that's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Brennan, uh, can you uh, tell a similar story of all of the chaos? And the? Yeah, I, I want week six to go far away as the first bye week week. Uh, it was pretty brutal. Bye-week yeah, week. I mean, fantasy wise, I'm in line to actually get some much needed victories, but uh uh, what's notable right now is like I I I 100% thought Pittsburgh was covering against Tampa. I actually thought the Jets could you know have a reasonable chance to cover against Green Bay. I didn't think they were going to be outright upsets on both sides, but uh, I guess what we're seeing is there's you know these t- decade plus legendary quarterbacks. It's a rough year for these guys, you know, for Aaron Rodgers, for Tom Brady, for Russell Wilson, for Matt Ryan, for you know, I mean, it's a feels like a a legit changing of the guard you know to uh these guys being able to just carry teams to to victories and and just kind of you know do their thing i feel like at some point these things come to an end and you know rogers and and brady they're just not i mean uh, brady's cursing out his offensive line but you know as michael Salfino said in his article uh, scouting notebook like you gotta look in the mirror a little bit as well yeah, you're out at a wedding. He was out at uh, Robert Kraft's wedding on Friday night, hanging yeah. with old Vince Wolfirk and Randy Moss and, you know, flies himself to the thing. And then, yeah, it, there's only so many passes you can throw at ankles before you don't look in the mirror and maybe yell at yourself just a tiny right. bit. It is weird how it's all happening at the same time. 
And I do feel like it's actually kind of across the board. I think there's some running back changing of the guard as well. We'll probably talk about that where some of the young guys are really popping up. And you're seeing that obviously with quarterbacks where it's not a must to start Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers on any given week anymore. You could start have started uh, Daniel Jones or Trevor Lawrence, and you probably could have won just as easy. Uh, so let's talk about all the stuff. Let's not talk about the losing bets that I had and we need to get a spon- we need a sponsorship with my uh, bookie immediately. By the way, so we can refill the account after this weekend. I think I literally think I cashed on one of my props. All great logic across the board. So thank you, George Kittle, uh, for your receiving yards, but no thank you to uh, the 49ers and what they did. But how about Deion Jackson? Okay, uh, a lot of fantasy owners may have benefited this week because a you had bye weeks. Maybe Damian Pierce was out, or like me, I had Jonathan Taylor, and unfortunately. Deion Jackson was not sitting out on the wire for me to pick up anywhere as Jonathan Taylor, I really thought was going to go. And then they just gave us an immediate, boom, nope, you're not going to get him or Hines. Deion Jackson stepped into the role and had a fantastic day. 12 for 42. He had 10 catches for 79 yards. He was a big piece on this. He got hurt at the end of the game. I, it looks like it's a quad issue. I don't see anything moving forward. But the weirdest part about this is this is probably one of the biggest weird name performances, but we're not going to walk into week seven talking about how you need to spend your fab or how you need to go bonkers on this, Jake, because Deion Jackson was kind of a one and done. Yeah, kind of a one and done. It sounded like Taylor was going to be okay for week six, and then all of a sudden it's not happening, and then it sounds like he should be okay for week. So I don't want to say 100% one and done, but also we have to see what Deion Jackson's injury is like because he didn't return back into the game. If he's okay and Taylor is back or either way, this is the death knell to Naeem Hines, who's clearly not even the backup at this point. And, yeah, I mean, we can't even use him if Deion Jackson is going to be healthy behind Jonathan Taylor because they're going to be splitting the touches behind him. But this is what it comes down to of, like, you know, there's a lot of people out there like, why don't you have Deion Jackson higher? Because, and I know we're not talking about him yet, but this is the Eno Benjamin situation. This is what you might get. We like, yeah, okay, Deion Jackson looked great. Deion Jackson went bananas. But at the same time, like, who was expecting, what was it, 10 receptions by halftime? Like, it was ridiculous. It was just dump off, dump off, dump off city by Matt Ryan. And part of that's probably because of Noah I'm Hines. But at the same time, Eno Benjamin got all the work and it went crap belly up against one of the easiest matchups we could possibly find. So that's why. That's where the risk comes into play. I think the good thing here is that if he's okay, this is why I say it wouldn't be a one-shot done, is that even if if Taylor's okay, I think we now have one of those high-end backups. Like, this is like Rashad White kind of conversation, Jalen Warren conversation. That, that Now we know the clarity behind Jonathan Taylor, I think, is the, the answer. Yeah, you actually put up two, two really good points is that we really can see what is behind Naheem Hines, which is nothing at this point. It really, we can probably stop going down that road. If Naheem Hines is out of concussion protocol, can he go for 12 carries and 42 yards and catch 10 no. balls for seven? No, he's done. But would they give he's it done. to him? Yes, they, that's yeah, why. That's they why they're not going to give it to him. Yeah. That's well, why. I mean, I, sometimes I just think that I think Naheem Hines missed the boat on what potentially could have been his game. Because he was out like, you know, we know Naeem Hines has these three or four games a year where it's just this huge spike. And then he goes back to being Naeem Hines. But like this could have been one of them. This was this may have been the stars aligned for him to have that game. And instead, it ends up. And he could have been, you know, Benjamin. I just don't want to be overreactionary to Deion Jackson catching 10 balls. Catching 10 balls is not usually the running back. Uh, to me, that's just something that is like dictated by the matchup and the quarterback deciding just going to dump off and the recipient is the beneficiary, but it's not 
He's not the one making that action happen. Yeah, I mean, the receptions seem a little bit more of an anomaly. 42 completions for Matt Ryan. You talked about all the wash quarterbacks. Who would have thought that this week, especially based on some of those matchups, you know, uh, Tom Brady going up against Pittsburgh. gut feeling of Matt Ryan. And like, yeah, that was just Matt one of those I just, I just had this feeling. I kept looking at my rankings. It's like, why do I feel like Matt Ryan's going to go off this week? Like, I just, <laughs> I had this. And, I, you know, 50 of that times, 50% of the time, like, if I did that, then, you know, the other gut feelings go wrong. So it's just, it's a 50 50 gut feeling it's like my but, 11th hour gut feeling to put in zach wilson for trevor lawrence that yeah i mean it, <laughs> it could go sideways no fuzzin i want to ask you what your middle name was evan oh so brandon evans hines is actually your real name is that what it is? <laughs> no oh, my real no, middle name no my counterpoint to what you're saying is that I, I i get what you're saying and i don't hate naeem hines my point about that was jackson was so good in the passing game that he brings the between the tackles that that's why I'm writing off Naeem Hines is because he's now clearly third, like Deion Jackson can do both. And that's why I'm writing him off. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Cause I always think like, if you have a running back that can do both versus a running back that can only catch the ball, why wouldn't you rather have the running back out there? that can do both to at least keep the defenses on it. So what would, I, what, I, I get that. Yeah. What sure. would have been nice is to see Jackson with Hines and what that would have looked like. But mm-hmm. I'm curious about this because one thing that we now have with Deion Jackson is when you start to not, we're not necessarily going into like, this is the biggest handcuff ever. But when you talk about these type of handcuffs, you now know what Jackson can be without Taylor in the offense. Does that make him maybe more valuable than a Rashad white? You just brought up. Would you rather be, you know, cause Rashad white's really not necessarily getting the run, which is justifying anything. We're holding on. If something were to happen, do you think Deion Jackson is a better hold long-term than Rashad white the rest of the year? Jacob, no, but you. yes. <laughs> so, so no is well. I like Rashad White on the the, the 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 situation for him more than I like Deion Jackson because, as Fonson said, where, where I will agree, if Taylor like if Taylor was done today, Fournette was done today, I'd rather have White over Deion Jackson because I do think Naeem Hines is more of a threat to Deion Jackson than anybody else left with the Buccaneers is a threat to Rashad White. That makes sense. So, but because Taylor's already been hurt and missed time. That's why I would go with Deion Jackson, assuming healthy. What do you think, Brennan? Yeah, and you know, and Virginia Zakis, who always nails this injury stuff, so that Jonathan Taylor, you know, before he was ruled out, she's like, eh, it's early for him. He's probably not going to be fully right until week eight if he sat out that whole time. So, like, it's not a 100% slam dunk that we'll see him in week seven. And if he does play in week seven, you know, it's maybe a little bit early comp- compared to her timeline, but it just leads to the fact that, there's more of a of a, an immediate opportunity for Deion Jackson right now than Rashad White, and you know I, I agree with Jake. If they were if Fournette and Taylor were out of the picture, I would rather have White. But right now, Deion Jackson seems like he has potentially more of a tangible role, you know, going at this at near future. One other thing that came out of this game is uh, if if people watched it, Alec Pierce just looks great. I mean, Matt Ryan was getting him the ball. He only caught three, but for 49 and that touchdown snag was uh, it was just like quintessential wide receiver two type of stuff. You love to see it. Pierce Campbell got more involved. It's a little bit muddied just because, again, 42 completions. You know, there are plenty of quarterbacks that didn't throw 42 passes this weekend. So 42 completions definitely spread the ball around. But Alec Pierce continues to be boosting up as far as his value goes and we're going to talk about him in the waivers we don't necessarily need to go on that but any uh real quick thoughts uh brandon we could start with you on alec pierce after seeing him this weekend and scoring that first touchdown yeah i mean you go back to the denver game when patrick sertan was shutting down Pittman. like ryan leaned on him for huge catches down the stretch you know that that play that he scored this last week was you know a huge play at the end of the game that basically sealed it for him um like 
that kind of stuff just it just builds, you know, it just builds the trust and momentum. And I just think that Alec Pierce is, is not going away. And, you know, you can say, oh, it's only three catches this week, but it was a bunch of catches the week before. And it was a bomb the week before that. It doesn't really matter. I mean, he's getting the numbers one way or the other. It's not just all the same way. He can do he can do it pretty much, you know, all the ways you want, you know, as a receiver to do it. So I, you know, I, I, I he's going to be at the top of my waiver wire list. I know he's at the top of Jake's as well. He's getting numbies, Jake. And also, even with Jonathan Taylor, they've proven with Matt Ryan that they're just going to continue slaying the ball. So it's just a pretty good opportunity for Pierce. I mean, would you rather have Alec Pierce or either one of the Jets wide starting wide receivers right now? Alec Pierce at this point. And it really comes down to uh, Joe Flacco was everything that was great for Garrett Wilson because of the volume. And now it's just been thrown up in the air, not only because Zach Wilson's at quarterback and he's spreading it across everybody, all, except apparently hates Elijah Moore now. Uh, but also this is a run first team with Brees Hall, Michael Carter, and it's just you're not going to see a lot of pass attempts. There's not that big of a difference between the Giants and the Jets at this point, including records, including everything that's working for these teams. And what that means is the wide receiver options are very limited. You might have a little bit more interest. I know you're not talking about, but for comparison's sake with Wandell Robinson, because it should be like one, maybe two, it's Wandell. With the Jets, it's just like everybody, and there's no consistency. So that's why we can hope for there. So I would take Alec Pierce. You know, I've been talking about Alec Pierce for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and waivers. We go all the way back to, I referenced it with Beller did his preseason take, which again, still not going to happen, but it's going to get close at this point that he was going to be the best rookie wide receiver. And like, it's, it's just because he's in a great spot. He's the number two in a great spot. That's going to be a team that continues to pass. I want to say every week, but a decent amount. Cause Matt Ryan doesn't stop throwing. Well, one Alex thing Pierce. I'll say though, is we should prepare for some Nick Foles time because I, Matt Ryan can't move. And like, it just seemed like he was getting tagged every time he was throwing the ball and the ball was kind of like warbling up there. But like, I just don't know how long Matt Ryan can, can throw a ball a ton and take hits like that at his his age. I think we'll see some Nick Foles at some point along the way if that continues. Luckily, no, not much might, of a difference. Tyler Heineke, I'm going to see him too because Carson Wentz. <laughs> yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Talking about the running backs, these, there's going to be a couple pairing here of uh, relationship and why we're talking about these guys. But first off, Daryl Henderson, who we got the surprise note uh, later in the week. I don't, don't remember if we even got to talk about was that Cam Akers was away for a personal reason. And then we found out that personal reason is he gone. He's not going to play anymore with the team. We don't know the story really behind it at this point. Uh, I would assume it's something along the lines of Daryl Henderson's going to get more run. Cam Akers is going to step back in the offense and they are going to move on from him. So he was inactive for the game uh, for Cam Akers. Daryl Henderson ended up going 12 carries, 43 yards. He did have a score and a couple catches. But there's a two-part question. And uh, Jake, we'll start with you. Henderson rest of season value and acres possible destinations. Yeah, so Henderson RB2 mid to low, just because they continue to use Malcolm Brown as they did in the past years when Michael Malcolm Brown got carries and then specifically near the goal line. I mean, you look, we ever saw Richie out there. He got a touch or, or I think handful of touches. Point being, 
Is McVeigh will use other options. Henderson, though, will be the lead of 60%, which has value, and Henderson can score his own. And Henderson, before this whole situation, was getting some of his goal line carries of his own. But the Malcolm Brown thing is just annoying. Like, if Malcolm Brown would get hurt, I feel better about Henderson. Acres, I don't care. Honestly, like, because the problem is where? Where is he going to go that he's going to actually get the lead work? You know, the only one out there that would make me raise an eyebrow and maybe get a little excited for Ooh. Baltimore Ravens because oh. J.K. Dobbins' knee is not going away. Got you know banged up earlier in that or was feeling sore early in that game and then sat the last forty minutes of it and that's why Kenyon Drake went ham against the Giants and we're not too excited about Kenyon Drake. The report from Jordan Rodriguez is this seems to be philosophical NFL playing like that kind of game planning differences and maybe acres is just like look i'm a bell cow feed me and just got angry i don't know i'm speculating but maybe there's something left for him and you know went to a team like that but other than that i would i I jokingly said like what the giants trade them kenny galladay and then he backs up saquon barkley like i just don't think any team's going to trade for him to be the lead that is a tough thing i have a i have a speculative thing to bring to you guys here in a minute but same thing like Brennan, rest of season for Daryl Henderson, is it any better than a low-end RB2? And is there a destination in your mind where Akers could thrive in for to recoup some fantasy value? Um, so Daryl Henderson, very, very back-end RB2 to high-end RB3. Like, it's just, this is not the Todd Gurley Rams anymore. And this has not been a hotbed of fantasy production the last couple of years. It's just been a tough place to go. That offensive line is bad. Matt Stafford's not doing well for similar reasons. That's just not a good offensive line. So don't love the environment there for Daryl Henderson. He'll have some decent games along the way, but some meh ones like we just saw. Uh, Cam Akers, just, just no. I can't imagine there's a market for a guy coming off Achilles who had a tiff with his team that you're going to get anything more than like a sixth rounder for him if you're lucky. I mean, Sony Michelle, uh, when he was traded to the Rams for the Cam Akers injury, got a fourth rounder, but that was kind of like the Rams sort of going for it and needing somebody. But I just think, you know, it's either going to have to be like Jake said, someone like a Kenny Galladay where you're just giving, you know, your problem away for somebody else's problem. Um, And I would say Baltimore is not a bad place for maybe some redemption there. I would say Miami because Raheem Mostert, can you, you know, he's older. Do you really want to leave him? Maybe Chase Edmonds is not why Miami, you know, maybe they, they say, yeah, he could be somebody that we can have backing up Mostert. And if Mostert gets hurt, then he's our ball carrier, and we keep Chase Edmonds in a, you know, in a passing down role. Let me present one other. This isn't my trade option, but what about Denver? Denver just lost Javante. What if it's like a short term thing? Uh, Melvin's been kind of banged up. I know they have Boone. Would Acres to Denver do anything for either one of you guys? Acres no. doesn't do anything for me, no matter where he goes. I just okay. don't think he's. <laughs> I just he. I think he's still a shell of his former self. I, I, yeah. I really do. So now, what if there was a scenario? Or the Rams, who don't really care about picks or anything like that. Uh, what if they moved some picks and Cam Akers to the Carolina Panthers and they were to acquire Christian McCaffrey, who's on uh, the trade block? There's nothing for you? You're already going to kill my my fun little trade presentation? All right, what why? A, uh, oh, okay. I was waiting for Fuston to jump in. Well, <laughs> um, I'm sure the Rams would love that, but what? Are they, I, I don't even know what they have to offer. You know, like, I mean... and. I mean, he makes a lot of money, so Carolina may not be asking for, you know, a King's ransom for him. Like they, they already said they want three he, first rounders. <laughs> oh, that's a joke. No one in the league will pay three. No, first nobody's given. No. Right. 
No one's giving up two. one first rounder. Yeah, I'm not even sure anybody will give up one. You can't even. It's it's like pulling teeth to get a running back in the first round these days. You know, you're gonna take one that's making 16 or whatever million dollars a year, who's been injury prone the last couple of years, is in the twilight. You know, is in the waning years of his career. And sounds, you're gonna sounds like a move the Rams would do. If I'm being honest with you, it sounds like exactly <laughs> a move like the Rams would do. They don't care. Rams about need to picks. go out and trade for an offensive lineman, and they'd be just fine. You know, it's no. Like, well, that too. I was just say the the only way this even happens with the Rams or anybody is maybe you send two seconds and a third to get DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. Like you're just nobody's going to give up that much for Christian McCaffrey. And the problem is, is deservedly so as real life value. Like Christian McCaffrey is one of the best in the league. He is a game changer. He would make a huge difference even with a terrible offensive line. He would still make a difference to what they have right now. But the problem is the devaluation is fun. And just said it. like the running backs, like. To, people don't even draft them there, let alone giving up a first or potential extra picks just to take one that's already got years, injuries, and wear on his body. And that kind of leads to the bigger point of the question. Uh, McCaffrey had a big day. Uh, some called it auditioning. I think he, if, if they're really, truly, hey, we need multiple first-round picks, it's a non-starter and we don't even have to go down that route. I do wonder if there's a creative angle. That's why the Rams, to me, are kind of creative and they could move a running back. They could move a second round maybe this year. They don't have a first rounder in 2023, but they could move maybe a 2024 first rounder, a second rounder this year and Cam Akers and make something like that happen to have a game changing player. Uh, I I feel like they would do. But yeah, go ahead. I was just thinking like Deion Jackson undrafted, Ramondre Stevenson fourth round, Damian Pierce fourth round. Like I think these are just weekly continual reminders of how necessary it is for teams to devalue running back position and just not pay for it. You know? and, and we'll see how much that truly happens this coming off season where there's like 10 like stud ish running backs that are all available. And then you're talking about uh, Christian McCaffrey being on the market. So one of the reasons uh, I would also point this out, the devaluation of the running back might be the reason why McCaffrey is on the trading block and why we're talking about cam makers. How much do we right. ever talk about actual players being on trade blocks? And we're talking about two running backs. And I think the, the realistically, that's why everybody's throwing out Buffalo because it's like, hey, you know, like, but you know, yeah, that'd be scary to have Buffalo and Christian McCaffrey. But is Buffalo really going to pay that much? You know, that makes a lot of sense. You know, if Leonard Fournette got hurt tomorrow, Bucks would make some sense. Like those are the kind of teams you have to look at. But the frequency of these things happening, it's just it, Carolina's going to have to pull back on what they want for this to be a realistic scenario because and there's only like Baltimore. Buffalo, Tampa Bay, but they Fournette's not hurt. I mean, there's only a handful of teams like if t- Tennessee, if Derrick Henry went and got hurt. Uh, but as of right now, it's basically Buffalo and the Rams or Buffalo and yeah. the Rams. Ba- Buffalo, yeah, the situation there. And you can look at a lot of teams too, where you can argue like they don't have necessarily the talent, but they use a system that works for them. Like the Chiefs, the Chiefs would be scary as hell for Christian McCaffrey, but they've got Ceh, they've got McKinnon, who they like, they got Pacheco. Like, why are they going to go and you know take off assets for something where they can use a system? Same thing with the 49ers have come up as well. But Kyle Shanahan thinks he's the smartest man in the room. He thinks he can pick up anybody off the street, can run their system. So why would he trade any assets, uh, even well, in a all run system? What yeah, about what about the, what Wilson. about a what about a Ceh and Sky Moore for DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey and, and Let's maybe go. maybe there's some draft picks thrown in there to kind of make. I it was gonna say if I'm if I'm the Panthers I'm laughing at that I need more than that. Yeah, I actually they can, have, they can have some picks. They can have some picks again. I think let's get let's get a uh, remember the old ESPN, the trade machine for NBA. Let's get some NFL trade machine so we can have that. Let's see the NFL actually doing that. The problem I'm is ca- fans treat it like fantasy and Madden, though. Yeah, they do. <laughs>
Yeah, which Madden always are going to get your trade accepted. And that's why people, that's why articles are going to be hot button for the next couple of weeks about the five places. McCaffrey I'll trade you my go. second string offensive lineman for your first round pick accepted. Yeah. Like <laughs> this is the time for all content creators to start your, your tweet threads of uh, below are five trades. So why it's going to work five trades for Christian McCaffrey. <sighs> and then you can get your numbies up. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, by the way, over 150 total yards, 13 carries, 69 rushing, seven catches for 89 so let me f- flip it a tiny bit. And you guys have maybe kind of both answered this, but in this trade market, he you know, obviously is showing health. He's getting a lot of usage. He's putting up uh, big numbers. Do you think we need to preemptively be picking up Deontay Foreman if a trade goes down? Because I know that's kind of a hot thing to do right now over the next couple of weeks. Brandon, let's start with you. Do you think Foreman is someone that should be picked up in case uh, McCaffrey is traded? Uh, I think Chuba Hubbard figures in there and then maybe there's a split role. Uh, maybe Deontay leads the way, but you never know what a team's going to get back for Christian McCaffrey. I mean, you could get, as we've talked about throwing some of the scenarios around a running back in return. If he is dealt, I don't, I don't think it's dire situation. Um, and if they trade Christian McCaffrey, this team is, is, is like going to be terrible and it already isn't great, but like, then are you, uh, you know, how, how, how great is this as a between the tackles runner like Deontay Foreman? How much value are you going to derive from that? So, like, you know, in a super deep league, sure, maybe, I, you know, 12 team, 12 teamers. I'm not, I'm not even blinking an eye on Deontay Foreman. Foreman, do anything for you, Jake? No, because it'll be a split with Hubbard, probably Foreman in the lead, but in 60 40 on one of the worst teams in the NFL, this would be the same thing as if Barkley went down. We're getting excited about Breida and Brightwell. Like, this is, you know, these running backs talents are making the most of a so-so situation with these offenses. And yes, the giants record is five and one, but look at their offense. Their offense is still floundering outside of Barkley. And that's what we have here is this offense flounders outside of Christian McCaffrey. So you get a backup situation with lesser talent. That's also splitting touches. Sure. Go get Foreman, but I wouldn't treat him more as not a high end backup, just a mid-level backup. And we have two weeks of waivers before we get to the trade deadline, do you really want to hang on to that during a four-team buy? Like, sure, if you have the free spot, stash Foreman. Why not? McCaffrey could also get hurt in week seven. But at the same time, don't expect even top 20 value. Like, if we knew today, Chris McCaffrey's gone, and you told me Foreman versus the question we had earlier with Daryl Henderson, I'm still taking Daryl Henderson. You made me laugh a lot because you were so right about that comparison because this is just like when Barkley went down and people are running to the wire for Wayne Gallman. And it's just like, yes. you don't, on a bad offense, we don't need Wayne Gallman. We also don't need Deontay. Yeah, he had like two good games. <laughs> yeah, like well, one, maybe. And Deontay <laughs> Foreman might have one, but sure enough, you won't have him in your starting lineup. And then after that good game, you'll put him in when he has. 13 carries for 35 yards and nothing else. And you're going to be kicking yourself. That's how that's how fantasy works, folks. If you don't know, that's how the fantasy gods uh, repay us. The Jets upset the Packers in Green Bay, which was quite a shocker. I don't talk Rock- about What's that? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I, just, talk. I was like, you know what? You know what? I'll be the sucker to buy back into a week six survivor pool. I'll make sure I'm not stupid. No. and I'll just take the Packers. <laughs> no, you didn't, Jake. Yep. Come yep. on, man. Uh, Come yep. on, man. All right. Well, uh, that was brutal. Well, I bet on the, the Packers, so that uh, hit me back. Uh, Rodgers was meh. He's now the 19th scoring quarterback in fantasy right now. Aaron Jones, 9 for 19. He had three catches for 25, also got banged up in the game. Romeo Dobbs now, five of six games under Drop 50 him. yards receivings, uh, receivings, receiving. Order your worry. 
between the three. And Jake, we'll start with you. Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Romeo Dobbs. I guess however you want to do it. Let's do it from least worried to most worried. Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Romeo Dobbs. Uh, and it's not even that I'm that worried about Christian Watson coming back, although I, it is a legitimate concern. It's what I go back to the preseason. It's Alan Lazard, Alan Lazard, Alan Lazard, and a statement. Stop trying to figure out this committee behind Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard is the answer staring at you in the face, and everybody dismissed that <laughs> because he also missed a little bit of time. And Dobbs had a fun preseason, and then Dobbs had that one game. Oh, it's happening! But at the same time, it's that... Also because Aaron Rodgers, this is a broken offense right now. They're talking about some inconsistencies here. And I don't know that, I forget who tweeted. I don't know if it's Rich Rebar or Ian Hart. Somebody tweeted out yesterday and said, like, I wonder if the split backfield isn't doing more damage than good with the Packers. Uh, and this kind of mm. goes back to when I was doing that show with D'Angelo Williams. And we now this we've seen A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones work together before. But similar to what we were seeing with maybe what's going on with the Cam Akers situation, is he said, when I talk, he, I'm taking his words. He was saying when he and Jonathan Stewart were doing so well together, he's like, we were special. We had a relationship. Like, you don't get most running backs being able to play that kind of mix of on the field, off the field, on the field, off the field, on the field, off the field, and have that mentality. If you're a running back, your mentality is to be out there 80% of the time plus, and it kind of screws with some running backs. And I wonder if the lack of this offense efficiency this year is screwing with both of them on top of Aaron Rodgers. And there's just a lot of problems going on with this offense right now. Yeah. Uh, same thing. I'm free, Brennan. So Jake, you're most worried about Aaron Ro or Aaron Jones. Yes. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm just I'm looking at where these guys are ranking. Uh, Aaron Jones is 15th at running back and AJ Dillon is 31st at running back. They're not, they're not like miles away from where we thought they would you, be. Hold, hold on. But Aaron Jones, four to five, four, four to six games, not even double digit points. You got to remember, he's carrying all that on that 30 something point game like he always does. Yeah. So I guess but my my thought here is and we heard Aaron Rodgers in this post game. He's like, what's the problem? He's like, simplify. We need to simplify everything. And it was a kind of a it was a backhanded way of basically calling out Lafleur. Right. That's why I'm least worried about him, though, is because if they simplify and get down to 70 percent Aaron Jones, I'm least worried about him and most worried about Dobbs. Aaron Aaron Rodgers. Well, Aaron Jones is your least of your worries. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought I was I thought you had it backwards. Because that's the he same. Had it I, he had it mixed. Yeah, yeah. I, I had it mixed for a second as well. I least was, worried my, my is Aaron thought Jones. was Aaron Jones, it hasn't been great, but it hasn't been the you know, the sky is falling. And you know, in a simplified world, that probably means it's gonna get better for Aaron Jones. So I agree. Um Is this Aaron Rodgers' new version of relax, simplify? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um and I agree. I think it's probably Dobbs. I mean, I, I do think that Aaron Lazard is uh, Alan Lazard is the guy that um, is, you know, is is basically working his way towards being the the obvious go to guy here. Um, but I that I don't want to like put Dobbs out on an island of, of by himself because I think Aaron Rodgers is a little bit starting to. I mean, definitely show his age and that there's not a whole lot of upside here and that you know expecting top twelve returns from him now where you drafted him is probably not going to happen. And that if you offered me, if you offered me some of these guys like a Geno Smith or, you know, maybe even a Trevor Lawrence who looks bad, but at least he's running a lot. And Geno Smith suddenly running, you know, like, um, yeah, I might just take those guys. Cause why not? I mean, there's well, I mean, bring Aaron, Aaron, and he was a like, huge disappointment too. <laughs> I think, I, I think quarterbacks <laughs> become a little bit like tight end where you get like 
six to eight guys, and then everybody else is replaceable. No, not even that. I brought this up on All in Football with Meany this morning. The top four we drafted are the top four, and it's a gap to everybody. Actually, it's the it's exactly what we said. Josh Allen on tier by his own. It's a gap to him for the next three, which just hurts Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. And then it's a gap to everybody else. It's legitimately the one position that it's – and same thing as you just said at tight end. That's what we were saying. Kelsey and Andrews and then everybody else. Yeah. And granted, that second tier was expected to be better at tight end. But both positions have basically been those top elite guys. And then – I'm just saying, yeah. like, you're yeah. probably still hanging on to Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably still hanging on to Herbert and uh, Burrow. But then everybody yeah. else, it's like, who cares? Like, it, it's almost like you'd just be streaming them week in and week out. And that, I mean, and it wouldn't even matter. It's like, fine, Tom Brady, I'm cutting you this week. You're on by. I'm, I'm you know, I'm playing Gino and or I'm playing this guy. And I don't even care if I, if you never make it back to my roster. It's funny you mentioned that. We we had a question. Bogman and I do a live stream on our Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash in this league on Sundays for just like start and sit stuff. And uh, we got so many like Herbert questions just building around like long, like Gino or Herbert. And that was like those are real questions that were going on. So the, the, the concern level is there for a lot of people on any quarterback that aren't those top four. Uh, two running backs that were awesome this weekend. And I'll probably do some who you rathers here. Brees Hall is amazing. I love Brees Hall. 20 carries, 116 yards, and a touchdown. Ken Walker got the opportunity, got the snaps. 21 carries, 97 yards. A score also had a couple catches. Let's mind that it was the Cardinals. Um, But Brees Hall, Ken Walker, and uh, we're going to do some ranking here, and I'm going to add a player in with them. Joe Mixon. Brees Hall, Ken Walker, Joe Mixon. Uh, Let's start with you, Brandon, where you got Ken Walker here. Ken Walker, Brees Hall, Joe Mixon, Order them from one to three. I, want, uh, I, I don't want. Uh, Brees Hall, Joe Mixon, Ken Walker, and I love Ken Walker. You know, and I like I said last week, like he's got some Barry Sanders style of game, and yet that was evident. Like he has got video game moves, but you mentioned two catches. That was, you know, we're that's something that he's going to have to grow into. And I think that's where Joe Mixon and Brees Hall separate is the fact that, you know, any you know, any week you're expecting three to five catches from those guys. And we're, we're kind of like, Oh, two catches for Ken Walker for 13 yards. That's nice. That was nice to see. That was a bonus, you know? So uh, in a way, I think that's going to be what separates them. I think they're all very close. So I would, you know, if I'm ranking for the rest of the year, Ken Walker's right there on the back end. He's top 15 for sure. Is he top 12? It'd be close. Uh, Those other two guys are top 12 in my mind though. Any different Jake on that order? Mm, I would, I mean, Walker is definitively third for me. Okay. Uh, I'd, I'd still, as of right now, go Joe Mixon, barely over Brees Hall, just because I know he gets all of the work, including important goal line carries, which Joe Mixon before week six was dominating like three or four more than the next closest person. Uh, so the goal line and the goal, goal to go and goal line rushes both for them. And even for the past three weeks, we're now neck and neck. So uh, that's the thing is Brees Hall, Brees Hall sustains this where they're neck and neck in the goal to go and goal line rushes. I can see Brees Hall, but I'm not going to get that upset about it. Like if you want to take Brees Hall, then take Brees Hall. If you want to take Joe Mixon, take Joe Mixon. I gave Brees Hall in my sell high of week six rankings and people are like, whoa, Brees Hall. And I was like, yeah, I would trade him for Joe Mixon because you could get Joe Mixon and a piece. That's the point of these sell highs. It's like you could get Ken Walker right now, especially coming off that game. You could probably go get 
you know, Nick Chubb off a bad game. And I would take Nick Chubb over Ken Walker going forward. That's the point. It's like, you can still love these guys and almost have equitable value, but you can get more with the comeback. So if you want to say Mixon versus Hall and say Hall, I'm not, go go right ahead. It's a coin flip for me, but Walker is definitively third. All right, let me ask this one. I'm going to switch it because I had another guy. We're going to go Brees Hall, Walker, and now Damian Pierce. So Jake, we'll start with you. Damian Pierce, Ken Walker, mm-hmm. And Brees well, Brees Hall, Hall is order. far. Yeah, this is basically Pierce versus Walker. And okay. for that, uh, ugh, I love some Damian Pierce, but if I'm looking at these two teams, I, I take the one on the better question mark offense. I'll, t- I'll take Ken Walker. It's close. This one's kind of close, like the whole mixing situation for me. So I would put Walker and Pierce in the same conversation. So then it's really going to probably be about Pierce and Walker for you, Brandon, because I'm going to guess Brees Hall affirmatively at the top. Yeah, exactly. And I th- I'm going to I'm going to kind of echo what Jake said. This is a, you know, this is a razor thin difference between the two. And it's like the Marshawn Lynch versus a Barry Sanders style. Like, I love them both for the way they play in different ways. But yeah, I will. I would probably just attach myself to what had been the better offense. Uh, did, let's, did you, it's Barry Sanders and Marshawn Lynch. Man, we're throwing I out know, yeah. Seriously. What a, what a group. <laughs> uh, we should do this. should be a weekly thing with Brandon. We should just get the most ridiculously outlandish <laughs> comp of a name to a player. Be like, well, you know, that's, that's Lawrence is really looking Joe Montana ish right now. So. <laughs> you know, Alec Pierce, man, I tell you, like the whitish Terrell Owens. I'm telling you, man. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, what do you want? Like, oh, yeah. Pierce reminds me of like Orleans Darkwa, you know? Like, like I just, you, what a great clip comps, it would be. You don't go low, you go high. No, I totally agree. It would just be so fun to like get all the comps clipped together at the end of the year. And we're like Barry Sanders. It's, you're like uh, like Craig Reynolds during the MLB draft. It's awesome. I love it. Uh, I want to do this really quick because I just wanted to get this in. I want, I want to talk about waivers. Uh, fool me once, shame on we can't get fooled again. That's the title of this. Najee Harris, 14 for 42, got a receiving touchdown. Kyle Pitts, only three catches, but a touchdown. Allen Robinson did have six for 63 and a touchdown. Brandon, will you be fooled by any one of these three players after scoring this weekend? Um, yeah, I'll be fooled by all of them because they're all in position to succeed. Like, I, I, I mean, I have, I'm going through buys. I could not. I mean, the replacement level on the on the waiver wire for Allen Robinson was like, okay, I'm taking somebody else's number three that's had you know intermittent good games as well. There's no slam dunks to to make that swap out if you're you in can still get Alec Pierce. Not really, not in the leagues that I'm in. But it, I mean, listen, I'd rather have Alec Pierce than Alan Robinson. Did you just pull the not in my league? Did you just draft the not in my league? <laughs> yes, I did. But I'm just I'm following up by saying if you're in a league where you have Alan Robinson and Alec Pierce is available, it's a tough week to make that swap. But I would rather have Alec Pierce the rest of the way because he is the number two, and is in potentially a better situation. You know, so. Um, but Najee Harris, there's no. Jalen Jalen Warren uprising didn't happen. Like Najee had the 14 touches, got the touchdown, like still following the volume there. And Kyle Pitts, like, you know, he, we're if we're in the stream, I'm gonna take the upside of Kyle Pitts over over the other guys we're talking about. If I don't have Kelsey or, or Andrews, it's like you might as well just keep in the roll rolling the dice with that. Jake, you can get fooled again. Can't get can't, mm. can't get fooled again. <laughs> there's just not there's not much here. So uh, like the situation with Najee Harris, I don't really call it fooling. He's just what he is at this point. He's an RB2. He's in the same range as Daryl Henderson. Like, that's just the fact is there's a decent day. It's just the touches were actually a little bit down because how bad the offense was when they turned back to Mitch Trubisky. But that's what we're looking at here is just Najee Harris. We just know this is a new Najee Harris. He's a 
RB2. So there, I don't really think there's a fooling there. It's just more so acknowledging what he is. Uh, Kyle Pitts, it's not mm. happening. No, no, I'm not being fooled because I'm dumb. Like, he's a fringe tight end one you're hoping for a touchdown. Just like the 800 other tight ends that you're just hoping scores a touchdown. That's where he is at this point. 19 yards for, what, the third time this year? Mariota throws like two times a game. That's what it comes down to is it's touchdown or bust for Kyle Pitts. So Kyle Pitts is Kyle Pitts. Again, he's the new Kyle Pitts. We already knew this. If you're expecting him to be back into the top six, then yes, you're going to be fooled because that's not what I'm doing. And Allen Robinson, I'm not chasing this one game because I'm not. I'm just not doing it. I wasn't chasing the one game if like DJ Moore would have went off. I'm not chasing the one game from Darnell Mooney. I'm not doing it. Just not. I won't be fooled again. You can have him. Great, great time to sell Allen Robinson if someone is out buying there. Uh, but waiver wires. No one's Jake, gonna we're going to start with you. Uh, waiver <laughs> wire, top three, what's your order look like? You probably throw another player in here, but what does the, your priority for waivers look like this week? Alec, mother, duck, and pierce. Like, what? seriously, people, like, stop leaving him out there, except in Funston's League. So there you go. Like, just <laughs> go. But so assuming everybody's been listening, uh, I think there's a lot. I haven't specifically drilled down the three, but Wendell Robinson as it comes to mind. You immediately saw the play is designed for him. Granted, David Sills should have been called for a pick play on that touchdown, but hey, they didn't, and they're designing plays for him. So Wendell Robinson's intriguing if you need a wide receiver help. Uh, Jamison Williams is a stash, but until still he's back, people, this is what you can always catch in leagues. You can catch teams that were on buys because they don't have numbers and projections a lot of times heading into their buys and then coming off the buys, they don't have a result. So sometimes people will miss Josh Reynolds, who's still been a thing until Amon St. Brown gets back, or well, if he's back until Jamison Williams gets out there. So Pierce, Wondell, Reynolds, and then uh, if you need a running back, I guess Kenyon Drake because the mm-hmm. knee thing with J.K. Dobbins. But that's one where I don't want to – you just asked, or am I going to be fooled again? I'm not playing Kenyon Drake. Unless I'm in dire straits at running back, I'd rather stash like Kyron Williams for the Rams or Sky Moore, as Funston brought up earlier, for the Chiefs in, ca- in case that starts to happen. But, yeah, I'd have to be I'd have to be struggling if I threw out Kenyon Drake in Week 7. All right, Brandon, you're yeah. up for uh, waivers. Alec Pierce going to be number one as well? Yeah, I will throw out Rondale Moore as number two. He had 10 targets. Marquise Brown looks like he's probably not playing. I don't. I haven't heard what the injury is, um, but he's going to be out. I mean, I, we know DeAndre Would Hopkins. you still do that if he is playing? Because Hopkins is back. Well, Hopkins is not back till week. Uh, is he back week seven? Is yeah, he back, back, back this week? Six, 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 yeah, he's back this week. Yeah, no, I wouldn't do him as the wide receiver three. I'm assuming Marquise Brown's out for uh, multiple weeks, the, the way it's. Okay. Sounds like I, I mean TBD on that, but um, definitely Pierce one Rondale. I have I had Kenyon Drake down too because God he looked he looked good. I mean he just Giants. Looked good. Giants. I know, but he's wearing like that number nineteen or eighteen or whatever it is. He looks like 17. a wide receiver. Seventeen. <laughs> get there. Um, <laughs> I could wear eleven and get ten yards against the Giants between the tackles. Come on. I know he it would take like, like seven hundred carries, but I would get there. <laughs> he looked like a spring chicken, is all I'm saying. He looked pretty good in that <laughs> offense. You could see them kind of like, I don't know, playing around with him a little bit more and exploring what he can bring. But I- I'm with you. I kind of say Caleb Huntley as well, um, because it looks like there's thirteen to fifteen carries for Tyler Algier, Caleb Huntley, and Marcus Mariota every week. Like <laughs> that's just the way they're going. They don't throw the balls to the running backs, which is unfortunate, but you know, if any any running back that's in the line for a dozen plus carries every week is is worth playing around with. What do we got? One or two more weeks till Cordero's back? Yeah, I think it's a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm just I'm talking. You know, this is 
This is the problem. No, I know. People have I was just getting through think, buys. No, I was thinking yeah. more in my mind about getting an RB2 back. Yeah. Yeah. By week hell. By week hell is why you could probably justify Caleb Huntley. Uh, friends, what you want to do is make sure you are subscribed to The Athletic and you are dialed into All In Kid on Twitter so you can get the notification when the article goes live. You guys can prep, you can get all the information. Uh, huge, huge sheet of info as far as like, here are some dart throws. Here are the actual ranks and here are the pickups you want to go with. So make sure you are locked into the athletics so you can get set up for this week because we will not be back with you again till Thursday where we're going to be previewing week seven, new bye weeks, new problems, but same old fantasy. For Jake Seeley, All In Kid on Twitter, Brandon Funston on Twitter, Brandon Funston. You can find me on Twitter at Is It The Welsh? It's the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. And we'll talk to you next time, friends. Peace.